You are listening to a Lube audio miniseries. We are constantly publishing audio movies and other audio dramas. If you're into sci-fi, thrillers, or cozy little crime stories, you'll always find the right audio entertainment for you at www.lubeaudio.com. The Sigmund Freud Files, a podcast series in four parts by Heiko Martens. Season one, The Second Face, episode two of four. Vienna, 1920. Professor Sigmund Freud, pioneer of the groundbreaking and hotly disputed young science of psychoanalysis, finds his own ego, superego, and id interfering with his explorations of his patients' minds. However, he'd get nowhere without his highly talented daughter, Anna, and her dry wit and common sense. Dr. Freud's patient, police officer Carl Gruber, asks for his doctor's help in a mysterious murder case at the world-famous Berg Theater. A vampire seems to have brutally assassinated a young actress, the director's daughter. Dr. Freud agrees to discreetly join Gruber's investigations. More so... He sends Anna to the crime scene, but has no clue of the risk he's putting her at. There are wolves out there. Everywhere. Even in Sigmund Freud's own tormented mind. Bloodsucker. A character from the literary work of dubious quality. On the loose in Vienna. A characteristic of primitive cultures to deal with the loss of a loved one. If someone dies a violent death, the soul is pushed into an intermediate stage, incapable of dying, but also no longer a part of life. Which shows once again how similar the primitive and neurotic actually are. Vienna is only one step away from the Stone Age. If even that. (laughs) It's not about whether the killer was a vampire. Why does the killer make people think he is a vampire? Carl Gruber is alive, even if he seems close to death in the war and ever since. I like this man. There's something animalistic about him. I bet he killed people in the war with his bare hands. He was a soldier. That was his job. Just as it's your job to drain people while they're alive. For your purposes. That's not what I did. Oh, no. You help them. How selfless of you. You're the vampire. You seem sad. You know I'm not allowed to talk to you about it. It's this Gruber. Am I right? Would you like a little soup, Mother? Thank you, my child. But I don't feel like eating. The world goes on, Martha. You have to eat. I said I don't feel like eating. (laughs) I'll read your notes later, so I'll find out anyway. I appreciate your opinion about my patience, you know that. But at least let me pretend that I'm a doctor who is aware of his obligations and adheres to them. All right, all right. So what is it this time? (sighs) A policeman who's having a hard time with his job. He told me about his current case. It was challenging. Why? What's he doing? He's trying to solve a murder. 
If that's his job. My subject is not the policeman. This Gruber does have a psychological problem, but it's nothing I won't be able to deal with. It's the act of killing that I can't get out of my head. What do you mean? Anna, my patients, they're all sick, or at least most of them. But they're all, well, somehow it's always the same. Rich bourgeois people despairing in the world. And they have enough time to not just live in the here and now. These rich bourgeois people pay you royally. You shouldn't talk about them like that. Please don't get me wrong. I don't blame anyone. But whoever killed this young woman would never consult me as a doctor. You want to treat the killer? I've devoted my entire life to exploring the dark continent of the human soul. Now I suddenly feel as if I've been standing in the desert for some time. And all I have to eat is dust. But this murder case is like a Fata Morgana. An oasis deep enough to drown in. <laughs> The great Sigmund Freud yearns to drown. Who would have thought it? Where can we see most clearly what it means to be human, if not at the extreme outer edges of society? That's where I should continue my research, instead of wasting my remaining time with weeping widows. Anna, it occurs to me that I may need your help. Ah, great. Well, all right. What exactly did Gruber tell you? He is a simple man. He works in the theatre, but he has no special access to the artistic side of it. He manages the stage equipment and only follows instructions. What kind of an impression did the stagehand make on you? He was beside himself. Most people don't see a dead body every day, certainly not in that state. But this Felbermeyer seems quite... smart. He'll be over it before too long. What's the matter, Professor? I believe you, Carl. And I don't want to question the fact that it is not least your ability to judge people that has led you to your current occupation. What do you mean? I wish somebody acquainted with analytical techniques could take a closer look at this stage. You want to accompany me in my investigation? I can't leave here. I have my patience. And it would be unseemly for an old man like myself to engage in such adventures even if it rather appeals to me from a certain perspective. I, I don't know what you mean. You know my daughter Anna, don't you? Well, I wouldn't say I know her well. Anna has my full confidence as a person, and she has acquired a certain expertise when it comes to the human soul. If she could have a look at this stagehand, and maybe at some of the other people who seem to be connected to this case for different reasons. Civilians are not allowed to have access to confidential information. I could get into trouble if my superiors even found out that I talked to you about the case. But that's not what's causing you sleepless nights. No, it isn't. Anna would be my eyes and ears. You would hardly notice she's there. Well, unless you get her excited, Anna can be quite open if there's something she doesn't like. If my supervisors find out, and how would this even work? So she'll come with me when I question people, and then she'll report to you, and what, what, what will you do? I will obtain an overview based on everything I know. 
and then I will tell you the results that I've arrived at. If we don't make any mistakes, we will soon find your vampire. And then you can sleep in peace. To be honest, that's not how I thought this was going to work. You have to admit, though, it sounds promising. But if she turns out to be trouble, it's possible that she will be faced with horrible things. If she starts to cry... I can assure you that won't happen. All right, let's try it. Has she ever been confronted with death? sister, Sophie. Oh, I'm sorry. It's only been two months ago that she succumbed to the Spanish flu. I didn't know. She died in Hamburg. She was cremated before we could get there. My father doesn't like to talk about it. But I think it affects him more than he's willing to admit. My mother particularly hasn't been the same since. My condolences, dear. It's all right. Does this Felbermeyer know that we're coming? Mr. Gruber. Mr. Felbermeyer. Uh, this is my colleague, Anna. Freud. Colleague, eh? We, we wanted to ask you a few more questions about Marianne Preslau. Oh, I would hope so. All right. Come on in. Oh, oh just... Yeah. We've had enough people dying in this theatre for now. It's so dark in here. Hardly ever put on the light in here, because I know where I'm going. <clears throat> if you like to sit, you can use the workbench over there. Yeah. The chairs here are only for the audience. Mm. I'd, I'd like to ask some more questions about the morning when you found Marianne Preslar. You said you hardly knew the day. Oh, the young people, they come and go. I hardly remember their faces anymore. Marie was different, of course. Well, because she was Preslauer's daughter. Uh, how did the director feel about his daughter being an actress here? It must be very hard for him as a father dealing with his own daughter. He's the one who pushed her for the role. Who knows what he was thinking? Such a sweet girl. But she really didn't know much about acting. <laughs> I thought you weren't interested in the pieces that are performed here. I'm not. What else is there to do down here? The actors up there are loud enough to be heard in the last row. I hear every single word. I'm the phantom of the theatre. And, uh, and the other actors weren't happy with Marianne's performance? Oh, they were just happy that someone else got all the put-downs. Pressler is very strict, and he didn't play favourites with his daughter. So they didn't get along too She well. idolised him. The great Pressler, the genius. And he kept putting her down right in front of everyone. Somehow she took to it all the more. She thought his criticism was a golden gift. That's something only women do. What do you think, miss? If you say so. <laughs> if it were my father, I'd have cracked his skull a long time ago. Although he has a point. 
These spoiled children, they still have brown stripes down their trousers, but they come here and get all weepy about Shakespeare. They should go out and get a job, an honest job, the kind where you get blisters on your hands. Then they'd have something to cry about. We'd like to speak to the director again. If you want. There's a rehearsal tomorrow at nine. The director's always there beforehand. So, should we? It's best if you come to the rear entrance. I'll let you in. Thank you very much. We'll see you tomorrow, Mr. Felbermeyer. I used to have a book of fairy tales. The Brothers Grimm, there was a picture of a wolf. I was always afraid of getting to that page. From Little Red Riding Hood, the wolf lying in the grandmother's bed and waiting for the girl. Maybe that's where the image came from. The fear of the wolf. I'm lying in my bed after all. Like the wolf with the grandmother. But first he killed her and ate her. Me. I was only sleeping before this terrible image woke me up. My wolves. They stand completely still. The window shutters are clattering. I I sit up in bed and pull the covers up to my chin. The wind is blowing outside and it it bends the branches of the walnut trees. Sometimes I feel a warm summer breeze on my cheeks. and, And sometimes it's... Icy cold as if it were winter. The leaves on the trees rustle like the waves at the shore, but the wolves don't move. Not an inch. Myth shapes the image of the subconscious. On a search for something to replace reality, man makes use of what legends and fairy tales whisper in his ear. A wolf in the bed, a vampire at my throat. Why, oh, why am I already dead? Please, don't, Sophie. Please. You didn't save me from the monsters, old man. Where's your other daughter? Nobody should see the child die. Why do you stand so still, Professor? Why so still? Wimp. (laughs) Professor! Um, Yes, please excuse me. Uh, The wolves. Not just in the dream. Wolves everywhere. Dream and reality seem to blur. To blend into each other. Let's look for other vampires in reality. Vampires, Professor? <laughs> wolves, Mr. Pankajeff. I mean wolves, of course. What is it I'm supposed to be looking for, exactly? I can't tell you. Don't blame your ignorance on me. <sighs> All right. You're right, of course. I'm just looking for an indication. A clue. Good. If you were a vampire, where would you hide? Where would you, pardon the apparent paradox, where would you live? What circles would you be frequenting? What would you do for fun to cast off the stress of a day's work? Or a night's work? This really has less and less to do with psychoanalysis. It's more like sociology. Not just a newfangled imitation of philosophy, but, I have to admit, completely absurd. 
the sociology of the undead. Consider it a field study. Well, all right. I'll see what I can do. You're going back to the theatre tomorrow. You were listening to the podcast series The Sigmund Freud Files, Season 1, The Second Face, Episode 2, by Heiko Martens, with David Rintoul as Sigmund Freud, Carl Prekop as Carl Gruber, Emma Tate as Anna Freud, produced by Lubber Audio. If you liked our audio drama miniseries, The Sigmund Freud Files, please go to www.lubbeaudio.com and find audio entertainment galore matching your taste and moods. We're looking forward to your visit. Please tell us how you liked the episode by leaving a review here in the comment section.